Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL. Can Joe get a bipartisan infrastructure bill pushed through Congress and make it happen? Democrat and, I would say, greatly beloved, admired, and respected former U.S. Attorney and former State Attorney General Charlie Oberly and Republican entrepreneur, the guy who came up with Zip Code Delaware, training people to work in the tech industry, Ben DuPont. Those two guys both agree that Joe could do this. Because, well, Joe has this history of bipartisanship in a state where, well, we have a history of bipartisanship. Charlie Oberly's on the phone right now. Ben had to go to a business appointment. Charlie, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. I saw this, uh, this opinion piece you guys had in the paper on infrastructure. Joe Biden should remind the nation he's from Delaware. You and Ben wrote this together. Tell us what you're trying to say. Yeah, um, Ben and I were approached uh, by an organization called New Labels, which was started back in around 2010. And it's also been, uh, you know, partly responsible for the Problem Solver Caucus in the House to try to get people who are both Republicans and Democrats to get together to realize that this country cannot exist properly or at least function properly if both sides are going to refuse to talk to one another and refuse to compromise and. Um, a contacted us and asked if we would be respected chairs in Delaware. Uh, this is a nationwide campaign, and um, both the you know, Delawareans and the president being from Delaware, <clears throat> you probably have seen some of the advertisements that began to run on television in Delaware um, this just this morning. Uh, and the idea is that, you know, in everyday life, I mean, I don't care what party you're in or what label you attach to it, People compromise. We compromise with our children. We compromise with our husbands and wives, significant others, and even working in an office. And if you don't compromise on your daily basis on the things that you want to do, you probably don't have a very good relationship at home or elsewhere. Well, let, let me let me interject here. Let me, and, and I don't know how many people. I mean, there is no commercial TV in Delaware, so you ought to be doing this on WDEL. No. Let the guys know. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but here's the situation. We have, for example, the past election. Uh, a number of moderate Democrats, meaning they will actually listen to and talk to folks who are Republicans, replaced. They were primaried and replaced by people who are far left in the Democratic Party here in Delaware. I wonder if this spirit of cooperation is over and done, even in Delaware. You know, I, I can't answer. I'm not member of the General Assembly down there, and I, I hope that does not be the case. But I don't want to move away from the real issue here. The issue here is the infrastructure bill. Um, that's being considered in Washington. And uh, as Ben and I, uh, and Ben is, I couldn't have been more reasonable when well, it seems like a really, really, really good person. Yeah, I think so too. We both agree that the compromise that's being considered for a $1.2 trillion bill um, is should be accepted. And uh, there was just a poll that came out yesterday that was by the Harris, a Harris poll which showed that Delawareans overwhelmingly, Democrat, Republican, independents, support that the president should you know, foster or support the $1.2 trillion mm-hmm. bipartisan bill. And the, and the interesting numbers were, overall, 73% of Delawareans favored that approach. Republicans, it was 80%. Independents, it was 78%. 
and Democrats, it was 67%, which is remarkable, um, overwhelming support among all segments of our society. And um, that's that's where we should be headed. We never get everything everybody wants, but everyone knows that our infrastructure in this country is in a state of decay, whether it's our sewer systems, um, taking an Amtrak train. Uh, I mean, the, I, from what I read and what I understand elsewhere, the American infrastructure is one of the – doesn't rank up high with ones around the rest of the world. I mean, our train systems can't compete with what you see in Japan and other com- – uh, other, uh, other countries, uh, other yeah. Countries. No, I, I understand it, but I wonder – you know, this is – you're talking about relationships here. And when you talk about relationships, I mean, you're one of these guys who will disagree with somebody, Republican, on a number of different issues, and you'll try to find some middle ground and try to make some some inroads into the policies that you support. Um, You ran for office. You've dealt with politicians in your professional and personal life for many, many years. So I'm wondering, and just, you know, help me understand how you get around the fact that, for example, when it comes to infrastructure, now you have the Democrats saying child care is infrastructure, anything that gets somebody to work is infrastructure, and yet uh, you have Republicans are saying infrastructure is Internet, roads, bridges. So where where's that middle ground? And the middle ground is that, exactly that, and that's what the $1.2 trillion would, you know, finance or would uh, underwrite. And it is the traditional idea of roads and bridges and broadband internet. Um, the other goals, look, I'm going to say are worthy, and certainly I would be supportive of them. But you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, we can get this started. And we, we, it's been years and years we've been talking about infrastructure. Yeah. Let's get what we can get agreement on, and then we'll worry about the other things later. I know that our members of my own party <clears throat> that disagree with that. But if you take that position, we want a $4 trillion bill, we're going to get nothing. I mean, we, the Democrats can't win that. Yeah. They're not going to get it. In fact, there's not even there's not even uniform support among all segments of the Democratic Party that they want to go that far at this time, um, coming out of the pandemic and, you know, with economic conditions, um, you know, up somewhat up in the air. Although it looks like things are really improving. Sure. But, no, I, the, the infrastructure bill – that goes to the more traditional aspects has been accepted by the people in the bipartisan group. And, uh, you know, we've got you know, Senator Manchin's on in involved in this and Lisa Murkowski and, um, you know, uh, you know, Susan Cohen, um, and, uh, you know, people like that. And, uh, you know, they deserve to be listened to. And I think that's what we have done. And that's what our piece we wrote in the paper is supported. And it also echoes what Delawareans, Seem to support by the uh, structure of a of a, of a uh, uh, poll that just came oh out. absolutely and, and by the way I agree look I, I'm looking at some of these numbers Charlie uh, if you just tune in it's Charlie Oberly former state attorney general U.S. attorney very well respected beloved uh, you know servant of the people <laughs> if you will Aaron Delaware but really I mean seriously just a, a, a very bright guy very a man of accomplishment as well so you go back to just the 2016 numbers and I don't know where we stand now but uh, my records uh, go back then. Uh, 486, no, no, uh, let me get, let me look at my bad handwriting again, 48 of, <laughs> 48 of Delaware's 875 bridges are structurally deficient. That does not mean they're going to fall down. That could be any way, anything from guardrails to something that's indeed more important and more structurally 
significant to, to, right. than that. And and 129 of our bridges here in Delaware are functionally obsolete. We have bridges that were designed for a couple of uh, you know horses and wagons uh, you know per week, and they're getting 14,000 cars every week. So, to your point, yes, it's something that needs to be done. And it always seems to get blocked up by some, you know, partisan ang- anger and and just unable to come to any sort of uh, middle ground. Now, when you talk about this organization, for example, you have people on the left and the right who are totally disparaging this this idea that hey, you're going to get things done by you know meeting in the middle. Are you able to bring more people from the right and the left um, who just cringe at this idea? And if so, uh, how? I, I listen. I don't think the hard, hardcore, be they on the left or the right, we're going to win over. That's not. We don't have to win those over. What we have to win over is enough people who have the middle of the road sensibilities to realize we have to accomplish something. The statistics you gave are right. Three percent. Uh, Rob Bartnelli just wrote something recently, <clears throat> indicating that uh, I, I'm not sure where he got his statistics from, but 3.6% of bridges in Delaware are structurally deficient. Um, 63 dams are considered to be high hazard in this state. Um, you know, there's no question. Have you ever, anybody's driven down to the southern part of the state to try to go down Route 1 to Rehoboth? Uh, you know, the traffic has gotten so bad, um, these things have to be dealt with. And the longer we delay in dealing with them, because we want to deal with everything under the sun, and we get nothing done, the further these problems, you know, ferment and the worse they become. So, yeah. You know, the, the, the premise is I think you're right from the viewpoint there are people in both parties who won't go along with anything. But that's historically been true. I mean, you know, go back in the 90s when the Democrats, you know, uh, were considered to be, had some really far-left people, um, more so than they did today. And, you know, we nominated, we nominated people for president. It couldn't possibly win. They got... Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I, but we're looking at those people who are saying, yes, it's time to get something done and let's get it done. And, uh, um, we don't need, we don't have to have those votes. Yeah. We just have to have enough votes to win. Let me, uh, let me throw something in here too, a little factoid because, uh, Laird, I mean, um, <laughs> look at my notes here, Charlie, Charlie, you had mentioned, Rob Martinelli, and he's the publisher of Today Media, Delaware Today Magazine, right. just in case people don't know. By the way, I, I just said the name Laird because I look at my notes here, and it occurs to me, as you and I were talking, that you are, all, you are one of only two people in Delaware who have been both U.S. Attorney and State Attorney General, you and Laird Stabler. That's a. You guys no, ever go out and, and you guys ever go play cards together and have, uh, and have a drink? Because it's a very small club. Um, you know, of course, Laird passed away about seven or eight years ago yes. now, I guess yeah. it was. Um, we never socialized, but um, he was one of the first people I ever interviewed when, uh, for a job in the AG's office back in the, uh, the late 70s. He was a gentleman. Um, and his son, uh, Laird Jr., is, is a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I harken back, um, Rick, to say that when I was attorney general and I had the privilege of representing the state for 12 years, my three closest friends that I made over the years happened to be Republicans. Um, we had agreement on many issues. There were some things we disagreed on, but today the AG's association has torn itself apart by having a separate entity for Republicans and a separate entity for Democrats. They don't really cross cross pants as much. Um, you know, you sit down, you talk to somebody, you get to know them. You know they have children. They care about the items. 
um, or issues, you get a much better chance of reaching some kind of compromise than you do by simply saying they're on the other side and not talking to them. No, I, I understand. And and by the way, you and I have a personal slash professional relationship that people are not aware of. So here I am, registered Republican, living on the libertarian side of the Republican Party, and there you are, Democrat, a, a man of, of real accomplishment, as a matter of fact. And in working together, sometimes there's a matter of distance and time. I want to give this example. I never would have been able to be on the board of an organization dedicated to helping people who are survivors of sexual abuse. It's called SOAR, Survivors of Abuse and Recovery. For eight years, I was on that board. I would never have been able to be president of the board of that organization to try to do my best to help the dozens and dozens of professional therapeutic counselors and psychologists who help people, and they have helped thousands and thousands of people just during my tenure. But I never would have been able to be a little part of helping those people help thousands of people if not for you. Because years ago, you provided the pro bono work to establish Survivors of Abuse and Recovery uh, as as a nonprofit organization. And I I think people need to realize that sometimes there's – there's a larger relationship that goes on, especially here in Delaware. Republicans and Democrats, if you're trying to get something done, you can reach out to other folks and make that sort of thing happen. Yeah, Rick, I think that's true, and, and it's, it is remarkable. Uh, the fr- we've had a friendship over the years, and we've had times we've disagreed, but that doesn't supplant the friendship and the possibility of saying, let's see where we do agree. Let's see where we can work together, and that's the way progress is going to be made. And uh, I, I'm really proud to be on this issue, this program, um, you know, with you. And I, I know I hope, and I speak for Ben um, Dupont, who is clearly a really nice person, and we talk about our families and our goals. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's an honor to be associated with him. And I stand by the editorial we wrote in the paper the other day. Um, Chris Coons recently had an article appear in the Washington Post, I think it was the same day, calling for bipartisanship. He's on the committee of 21 um, colleagues down there, both, I think, 11 Republicans, 10 Democrats who are hammering out. He supports the $1.2 trillion um, you know, bipartisan effort. I, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but I believe that's his position. And uh, so I think there's a, a real chance we may get something done here. And again, I mean, I don't know who's listening to this show, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Both sides can then say we have done something. Yeah. And people will be judged on their merit to work together rather than saying, I stand for this and I don't care what anybody else stands for, even though we get nothing done. I mean, that's just not the way the system can work. Well, it's, you know, you're not going to please all the people all the time. Um, you're not going to please all the people most of the time. Right. But, um, you know, we live in a society that, uh, we need to pull together to see what we can agree on things. Exactly. And if we can pull together and just get bridges and roads and infrastructure uh, that's uh, also virtual as well as physical fixed, then you've achieved something. I'm going to um, I want to make you an offer that I don't think I've ever really okay. done before, which is to give you an hour of my program. I have not checked with management or anybody, but, you know, we'll we'll work out the details. You and Ben... If you'd like to, inv- that would be great. If you'd like to invite Chris Coons, invite him to be on too. If you uh, if you know and would like to invite, uh, say, you know, Ron Klain, who is the uh, 
uh, chief of staff for, for Biden, that would be great, too. So just talk to Ben about it and say, listen, it would be your hour on this program to talk about getting stuff done between Republicans and Democrats. I'd be happy to do it. I know uh, I know Ben would like doing. He's a uh, he sends his regret to the public here. He had to be a commitment in New York today, and so he couldn't be on. Um, and I know you're going away on a vacation, so we couldn't do it this week. And uh, so my voice is uh, a combination of, my, uh, of me, and I'm also speaking uh, to bipartisan efforts of Ben um, in this regard and the organization New Labels. If anybody's interested, all you got to do is go to the Internet and look up New Labels, N-O-L-A-B-E-L-S dot com, and you get an indication of uh, what bipartisanship means, what they're trying to do, and they're not based upon party. In fact, in order to become a, they have, they have a procedure, I think, if I have this correctly, they, they bring people in from Congress, but you can't join unless you bring somebody from the opposite party with you. <laughs> so it's never, it can't be lopsided. You want to join? Good. Get somebody to come in with you who thinks that they want to work together to get things done. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I think issue by issue, you can have some successes. And with your knowledge, your experience, as well as Ben's, I think that you guys have a shot at this. Thanks so much. Charlie Overly, uh, former so. U.S. Attorney and State Attorney General here in Delaware. What's that, sir? I hope so. And I, I, I hope the uh, uh, our president will, um, you know, he'll, I think he wants to compromise. I think he's doing his best um, to see if we can get that because everybody, I think, agrees that a one-party passage of a bill is not the best way to do it. You might be able to do some things, but if you can't bring the other side involved, then you're just you're drawing a wall, and you're basically creating a uh, you know, a no man's land where people don't cross, and that's just not the best way to operate. That's a good point. Thank you so much, sir. Enjoy lunch, and thanks for being on. And remember my invitation. I will, Rick. I'll talk to Ben. Thank you very much. Take Thank care. you, Charlie Overly.